peace, love, and soup in the time of COVID. Batch 1, Anamnesis. When written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger, the other represents opportunity. John F. Kennedy. Don't you love it when the sun hits, when it blinds your eye? Flip into another blank page, loosen up your tie. How I wish I had it on me, what it takes to climb. I've been carrying around a mountain for the longest time. It's been forever since we've been on mics together, hasn't it? I love getting to see your eyes and even your mouth because now we're (laughs) all vaccinated and inside in your home studio. I know it's been almost two years now since COVID began and we adapted like everybody else and have stories to tell, which is why we're titling the show Anamnesis. The definition is the recollection or remembrance of the past, reminiscence. I like it. It reminded me of a time warp in a more cerebral sort of way. Some days I feel like a year and nine plus months have felt like two months and other times 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we're still in it. Generally, now that you look back on it, how was COVID for you? I was very sad for the whole world and it kept going on and on Mm -hmm. and on. And here we are, even after we thought we were coming out of it last summer. Mm -hmm. Like post access to vaccinations. Exactly. And you didn't get COVID. I didn't get COVID. And I've been going to work every day at a grocery store. And for me, it was emotionally draining, the human suffering that was happening. Individuals that lived alone that would come into the store and wanted human interaction, but yet were scared of you. And I really did experience a lot of kindness while at the same time, there was that group of people that hoarded things for themselves and thought only of themselves. There did seem to be two teams of thought and how to survive during these times of COVID. In the beginning, before our masks, we could see each other and smile and there was more community acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And It would bring tears to my eyes. I really appreciate the amount of contact that we purposely sought out with people that we loved and cared about that were not in our our immediate midst. Mm -hmm. Yes, in our pod. So if I were drawing out my circle of who really cares about me or Mm -hmm. who do I really need to have to Mm -hmm. thrive, those names and points were right there on the circle. Well, yeah. And also you continued your love for soup. You made soups via Zoom with friends. And then for this episode, you actually met up with friends and created goulash. That's right. I had gone down to Southern California to reconnect with an old friend and her husband, who's from Hungary, Tibor Demi and I made goulash, which you'll hear about later. And I recorded reuniting with my Burning Man family in a forest on a camping trip after everyone had been vaccinated. Well, right. They're your circle. And I've missed performing live these past two years, but my musical circle has actually expanded to include Brazilian artist Johnny Franco, who's provided all of the music for this episode. His band put on free weekly outdoor shows throughout COVID right here in Portland. Yes. Thank you, Johnny. And that makes me think as we talk here, and I know we we intended to limit ourselves, but our anamnesis. It's quite extensive, as it must be for everyone out there. But I think it's time we should play this episode. And there's our alarm for we all probably have to go do things with our partners. So without further ado, we're bringing you peace, love, and soup in the time of COVID. Batch one, anamnesis. That's right. (laughs) Enjoy. My time is coming. 
Love and Soup is on the East Coast, and we have a special treat in store. One of the voices you may recognize, my partner, David, and the new voice, his name is Matthew, the podcaster himself. What's up, guys? I'm the nephew of Uncle Brian, Uncle David, and my podcast is called Bump Time with Matt and Tom. It's a music podcast, so music style from rock, rap, R&B, pop. You can find it on Spotify and anchor.com, but here I just... Love my uncles, so I just wanted to come out and see him again because it's been a year and a half since. Yeah, we love seeing you. And do you know who Cher is? Your co-host? No. <laughs> no, Cher is not my co-host. Do you know who Bruce Springsteen is? Well, I do now because you made me listen to him. And what did you think? He was all right. He wasn't bad. Fair enough. How long have I known you for? As long as I can remember. I'm 19 now, so... And when we would hang out with your grandparents in the summers to pass the time... I would play this game with Matthew called Favorite Things. I would say if you had a choice between chicken parmesan or spaghetti and meatballs, which would you choose? Chicken parm, easily. Chicken parm or chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream? Uh, Chicken parm. Chicken parm or a really spicy burrito? The burrito. Ah, took down the winning chicken farm. We did. Not an easy thing to do. So in honor of peace, love, and soup, we should do this game with soup. Mushroom soup or chicken noodle soup? Chicken noodle. Chicken noodle or zucchini soup? (laughs) Chicken noodle. (laughs) Chicken noodle or Grandma Delaney's garbage soup? Since we're at my grandma's house, I'm going to go with grandma's garbage soup. Grandma Delaney's garbage soup or very spicy Thai soup called Tom Kai Kai. Tom Kai Kai. Spicy, I like the spicy. Tom Kai Kai or Italian wedding soup with mini meatballs? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll change it up and go with the Italian soup with meatballs. Uh, Italian wedding soup or tortilla soup? Italian soup with meatballs. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Italian wedding soup with mini meatballs. Those are the winners. Well, that was exciting and fun. Before we go, I just wanted to ask you, how was COVID for both of you? COVID for me was, it started in the beginning of quarter three of high school in my senior year. So I was really looking forward to my senior year of baseball, but of course that got canceled. Prom, we had nothing. Our graduation was a drive-by. And then I was quarantined for my 18th birthday. That first semester of college was awful, just with COVID restrictions and everything. Did you actually go to college or did you do it online? Um, so we were in our dorm, but it was mainly online. And then second semester, everything was opened up again. Classes were back in person. It was a lot more fun. And you've been vaccinated? Yes, I got vaccinated in March. And then how was the dating scene? For our age group in college, mostly no one cared. Now, yes, some people were more freaked out about COVID than I was. But those are also the kids that maybe they have someone in their family that has like a health problem. But personally, I was still going out and partying and all that stuff. So the thing we did most was go to, like, parking lots and just, like, make a big circle in our cars, sit and just chill in the trunks, listen to music and talk for five hours. Some of us would bring alcohol and nicotine devices or whatever people like to do. 
But you're dodging the question about dating. What's going on there? <laughs> oh, well, right now I have a girlfriend, so that's awesome. Me and Emily, we met in the freshman quad. Now, tell me something positive that came out of COVID. It was a short but long, at the same time, break from life. Before COVID, you took life for granted. Greater appreciation for your uncles. Yeah, so you guys can come back to the east side more. David? One of the good things that came out of it was it gave me a lot of downtime to let my imagination go. I'm a writer, and I teach adult workshops in Portland, and just before I was set to go in the classrooms, everything shut down until the Zoom phenomenon started to get up and running. Generally, there's 8 to 12 people in the workshop, so they're small and intimate. I was also able to teach people from all over the country, whereas before the pandemic, uh, I would teach downtown Portland, and I would only teach people who commute to that class. What would you have done if I was home with you every day? Well, I don't think I can say that on the air. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, your being an essential worker was really worrisome for me, especially initially. And I also got to see firsthand what heroes essential workers are. You are a hero to me. Oh, that's really sweet. And I just hope that as a planet, we're able to take what we've learned, being kinder to the earth and to each other, and continue to do that. I'm grateful that you're a good cook. Thank you, Brian. Yes, all Italians are great cooks. I think that's an accurate generalization. Guys, thank you. I love you both. Love you too. Thank you for letting me come and be on Peace, Love, and Soup. Look who just dropped by. Grandpa Jack and Grandma Dolores. I love seeing my grandparents. Hi, how are you? I am well. And what was COVID like for you? I didn't get it, and I was happy for that. You know, I tried to obey the rules, and I didn't suffer greatly. I got a reaction from my second shot, but it went away. The next day, I felt good as new. But in all your long, happy life, had you experienced anything like COVID? As a young person, polio was an epidemic. That was scary, but I didn't get that either. Were you wearing masks? No, that wasn't airborne. But I did get a shot for that, too. Um, When that was in the prime, I had to have a tonsillectomy. And the hospital was filled with patients who had polio. And they thought if I went there, I would get polio. So they did my surgery at home in the kitchen table. Really? Yes, really. That's incredible. Now, what was one good thing about COVID? I don't need a lot of people. And the state I'm in now, I can't walk without a walker. So I wasn't anxious to get out and about. Well, it's nice to see your face and to give you a hug. And now we're going to swing on over to Jackie Boy. What were your thoughts on COVID? It was scary. The country came to a halt, and uh, I had not ever seen that. Even a war didn't stop it, okay? I think that President Biden did a heck of a job in bringing safety to the country. It was tough. And I think despite the amount of people that we've lost, we'd have lost a heck of a lot more had we not had the vaccine. Early on, both Dolores and I, we were fortunate to get the shots. We did miss social life, church. We missed lots of things. Did you miss us? Well, I don't know. I, <laughs> of course we missed you. I mean, you wanted up here. You come up with your sister and your mom and dad. We love having you. Maybe I'll ask Gigi over there. She's a home care provider. And then today, Boss and Dolores around. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the COVID brought some of us closer. I live like four blocks from my mom, and she's in the healthcare. 
We're here to help. You're essential workers. Yeah. This is home for me when I come, and I like to feel at home in other people's homes. I seen on the news where this lady, she was born in a pandemic, and I want to know how we got back to the norm a hundred years ago. What can we do today to get back to the norm earlier than that? So the COVID has its goods and its bads, but the COVID brought me to your mom, your dad, and knowing that I helped them makes my day. Well, thank you for taking care of them all these months. Welcome. You're welcome. Well, that's it. I'm on a plane back to Portland. Did you know? As we've reached the end of 2021, all corners of our planet have been ravaged by the outbreak of the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, and the respiratory disease it creates called COVID-19. SARS stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, and COVID-19 stands for Coronavirus Disease of 2019. Did you know COVID-19 originated in Wuhan, China on December 12, 2019, The first confirmed U.S. case was in Washington State on January 20, 2020. The World Health Organization, or WHO, declared it a pandemic just two months later, on March 11. Since then, it's sickened more than 240 million confirmed cases and taken the lives of over 5 million individuals globally. Interesting fact. This pales in comparison to the 1918 Spanish flu, which claimed 50 million lives, or the Black Death, which killed 75 million people, which was 17% of the global population at that time. As the virus passes from person to person, variations occur. Some mutations can be more contagious than others, like the Delta variant, first discovered in the UK, or the Lambda variant, currently spreading throughout South America. Did you know the most commonly reported symptoms of COVID-19 include fever, shortness of breath, fatigue, loss of smell, and decreased sense of taste? The CDC estimates up to 40% of infected individuals do not experience symptoms. That's good news for the affected individual, but bad news for the public health because asymptomatic people can unintentionally spread the virus to others. Interesting fact, separate studies in China, Italy, and Spain found a greater proportion of patients hospitalized with COVID-19 had type A blood, while fewer had type O. Doctors also noticed a drastic difference in how men and women are affected. 75% of intensive care patients and those on ventilators are men. Doctors are now conducting studies using female hormones, like progesterone, which has anti-inflammatory properties, to try to treat patients. Did you know the first COVID vaccines authorized for use in the U.S. are called mRNA vaccines? This new science has been in development for decades. Messenger RNA vaccines are not live vaccines, so they carry no risk of causing disease in the vaccinated person, nor do they affect or interact with our DNA in any way. 
mRNA vaccines teach our cells how to make a spike protein that will trigger an immune response inside our bodies and fight off what it thinks is an infection. Fun fact, mRNA vaccines have several benefits compared to other types of vaccines, including the use of a non-infectious element, shorter manufacturing times, and the potential for one vaccine to target multiple diseases. And finally, as with most things in life, vaccines aren't 100% guaranteed. Fully vaccinated people can still contract COVID-19 and be contagious, which is called a vaccine breakthrough infection. On the bright side, breakthrough cases are rare, and they seldom develop into serious illness or cause hospitalization or death. I am currently down in Southern California in the kitchen of my dear friends, Julianne Grossman and her husband, Hungarian Tibby Deme. Tibby's an amazing soup chef. Oh, thank you. I just uh, love cooking. I should mention, we sound a little bit muffled because we are masked up, arm's length, and in the kitchen, ready to cook authentic Hungarian goulash. And it's not what you think it is. Thank you for connecting with me, Tave. Happy to share cooking together. Now, in the United States and most part of the world, they refer to a goulash as a stew. But to the goulash in Hungary, it is a soup. We are soup nation. Everybody eats soup. That's the first course. Early on in COVID, we had a really fun time making soup via Zoom. That's right. We had this nationwide red lentil soup cook-off. A lot of social distance, but we all still came together yeah. for soup. Now we start the adventure of the goulash soup. Great. So for this base of the goulash, I already chopped a pound of red onions, and we're going to saute the onions. Then we're going to put in the stew meat. It's not as dry as other parts of the beef. It is about ready because it starts to be a little brownish. Now we chop the three big red, yellow, green peppers and tomatoes. About a pound, pound and a quarter. Chop them as well. And now we're gonna add everything to the meat paste. So he's lifting up the chopping block. Into the tomatoes. Pepper. The juice of the vegetables are very important because I'm not adding any water. The only juice is from the meat and from the vegetables. Browned together. Right. Now to add seasoning. One tablespoon salt, tablespoon cumin, and three big tablespoons paprika. Hungary is famous about exporting this kind of very red paprika mm -hmm. worldwide. 
The redder the better. You heard it here, listeners. The redder the better. I'm gonna mix it together. We use the fire to very low. That's it for the base. And we check back on this about an hour. Okay, got it. I would like to tell you how the goulash soup is called in Hungarian. How is it? Goulash lavesh. Goulash is a place and lavesh is soup. Peace, love and lavesh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how do you say peace, love and soup mm-hmm. in Hungarian? Beke, szerelem és lavesh. Bekem salalem esh lavesh. <laughs> so, Hungarian literally the second hardest language on the planet <gasps> after Chinese. Really? Okay. Tibi, how about you introduce yourself to us in Hungarian? Nevem Demeti Bor. Magyarországon születtem Budapesten 1974-17-én. So I just said that uh, I was born in Hungary 1974. I was living in Budapest, then emigrated to Israel, and from Israel I came here to the United States. You're Jewish? Yes. My grandmother actually was deported to Auschwitz when she was seven years old. The Hungarian prime minister killed himself the moment he has been asked by Hitler to give out the Jewish population. But the leader after shipped 600,000 Hungarian Jews to Auschwitz. And my grandmother was one of them on the last train that left Budapest. And lucky her, or lucky me, the Russian army destroyed the train's track. But she was in the train wagon for a week and a half, closed with other hundreds of people. So I'm not even sure how she survived. But she did because I'm here. You know, when I was a little kid sitting near my mom in the kitchen and saw how she actually prepared the food, I was into it. So to get to the food part, you have to know how to prepare it, right? Yes. We check on the meat. It smells so good. We're looking at all of those peppers and onions and tomatoes cooked down to a, a sauce and tender beef in it. And now, this is the second phase of the goulash. So we're going to peel and then chop four pounds of potatoes. Three quarters of a pound to a pound of carrots and the same amount of parsnips. Parsnips have a slightly different texture than carrots. Yeah, it does. And when everything is chopped and ready, we're going to put everything in. And then put some water, three liters, put some more salt and paprika. Okay. We are covering it on cooking it on low fire. And from that point, about an hour, hour and a half, it's done. Now, also, you can add red wine to this sauce. Mm. There's another wonderful part about our getting together today. You're showing me how to make the soup, but also. You are a nutritionist. Yes, I have a company called Life Boost Fit, and our mission is to make health a habit. I started about three years ago. I'm loving what I'm doing. 
I am an elite trainer. I'm a nutritionist, but also a sport nutritionist. And there's a big difference because you need to come up with solutions that give them more and more calorie to burn so they have more energy in a way that you're not going to harm their health. I'm very passionate about all of these. Why? Because I was a professional athlete competing in pentathlon. The origin of pentathlon came from France and it's based on what a soldier does. They had to know how to ride a horse. Uh, they had to know how to fence. They had to swim, run and shoot. And uh, I was very competitive. I loved every single moment of it. At this point, what stick with me is the grit. I keep going, you know. Yeah, we manage. During this pandemic, we are developing an app. Yes, Tibby likes to say Life Boost Fit operates on a three-pillar system, which is food first, fitness, and habit transformation. All three pillars that you have to have for optimal health are provided through this app. That's right. And there are 10 or 12 meditations, which I actually voice. And we delve pretty deeply into mindfulness and behavioral modification. This missing link that research suggests when behavioral modification is added to any healthy program, you are 80% more likely to succeed. Mm -hmm. These meditations teach you the power of imagination, for example, and how awareness is connected to beliefs. And from that, we do heavy transformations. So it's a lifestyle change. And eating the right food these days, it's, it's kind of challenging. And in my mind, it comes down to energy. If you eat well, you can do more, you can grow as a person, and you will always have time to yourself and for the people that you love. That's the bottom line, enjoy life. I helped many people achieve amazing things and they maintain it. And we're working sometimes with seniors that had cancers and it's such a treat to see them thriving. So the app, it's teaching the listener new tools that they can pick up and change their life for good. I love that you're putting self-care into the equation for health and happiness. Here's the transformation that's going to happen. It's going in and eating some of that soup. How are we going to eat the goulash when we're wearing the mask? <laughs> the oil and redness that's come to the top. So pretty. Yes, it's beautiful. So here we go. I am holding a bowl of this Hungarian goulash, looking at the little medallions of carrots the cubed potatoes, parsnips, very tender beef, and all of it resting in broth that smells like a savory piece of heaven. He makes the greatest soups. Mm. It tastes good. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's brothy. The vegetables are perfectly tender, holding all of their shape, and a delicate flavor of cumin. It's filling, but it's light. Right. I could still go out and have a nice long walk. So go for it and then you can eat more. All right. <laughs> so I think a soup is really good. It's visually very tempting. Sometimes he makes his own pasta to put in the soup. 
these little Hungarian noodles. Which called nokedli. Mm-hmm. To die for. And a little sour cream and fresh parsley on the top. And just every single taste comes together and it's an orchestra in your mouth. It gets better the day after and the day after that. And we're going to enjoy this for many days to come. The soup means to me comfort, a warm environment, and um, family. And I love the narrator. She's so kind and puts her heart in this podcast. And it feels. I'm very grateful and pleasure to host you and to spend time with you. Thank you. Here's to all sorts of peace, love, and soup with the Grossman Demi family and Life Boost Fit. Let's make health a habit. Let's make health a habit. Why not? You're listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. Béke, a szerelem és a leves. Gulyas leves. Oh, you remembered it very well. Here in the beautiful Idlewild campgrounds in California. This is end of June 2021. And I've reunited with my Burning Man friends. How was COVID for you, Arrow? COVID was kind of amazing, to be honest. I'm kind of an introverted extrovert. So for the first five, six months of COVID, I was like, this is kind of awesome. We can jump on all kinds of Zooms watch a bunch of different DJs, just everything kind of happening from people's houses. It made people more real for me versus like polished studios and what we're kind of used to. But after about six months, it started to get hard. When I think of you, I think of how much you love to embrace people and share love and joy. Did you miss that interaction? Yeah, and that was rough. I really missed my friends and being able to go out and do fun things. Oh, listen to that bird. It was a really beautiful experience, but it definitely got lonely as it went on. The thing that I missed the most was being able to dance with people, like have some amazing music and just lose yourself. And we didn't get to do any of that. I also experienced a lot of grief for the entire planet, you know, all of the people we were losing and the loss of our way of life, but not surprised. I'm surprised it took this long for a huge pandemic, and I hate to say, but I think they're going to come faster and more furious. I think we should actually take a break every 10 years. Everyone takes the whole year off. Nobody goes to work. We all just slow down and pay attention. We also need a moratorium on taking anything from the ocean for that year. And then governments of the world should pay anybody that relies on the ocean for their livelihood. 
so that the ocean can have a chance to regenerate and fight back. Well, thank you for sharing your thoughts on COVID. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hello, Harlow, and welcome to our roundtable. I was wondering what your thoughts are on COVID. You know, I moved to northern Arizona to kind of have some solitude, and so it was really great for the first year and a half that I was there. And I just started coming out of my shell and kind of build my tribe of people. And then COVID hit. Now that I had this extra solitude that I wasn't really prepared for, I got bored. And then I just retreated and I stayed in my house a lot entertaining myself. So then I'm like, I think I'm going to have a cocktail and maybe I'll dance around the house. And so I found that I was drinking too much. And then I started smoking too much pot. And then I was staring at the TV and somebody would be like, have you seen the show on Hulu? Nope, but I will now. Um, I didn't like that. After a couple months of doing that, I was like, oh gosh, this is not healthy. I need to get out of it. (laughs) And you were able to change that pattern. Yeah, but I was still going to work every day. I work with um, an activity coordinator for homeless veterans that live on site. And in northern Arizona, even though there wasn't necessarily rules, where I work, the headquarters is in California. So we go by their really strict regulations. So everybody had to wear masks and face shields. To keep your people safe. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't care. And so my aunt ended up getting COVID. I was in the hospital, outside of the hospital, actually. I was in a tent and they almost didn't keep her. And she was super mad because she was so dehydrated. And uh, we had to just say like, look, this is what's best for you right now. Deal with it. And she did. So that was really huge watching her go through all of that. I think that we can all be a little bit smarter moving forward. I think it's great that everybody's really diligent on washing their hands and being a little bit more aware of germs. And I'm happy about that. I'm not happy about how many lives that it took and how much havoc it wrecked, but I feel that people appreciate their family and their friends a little bit more. There's just a different sense of humanity, I think, that happened for sure. Thank you so much for joining our little conversation. Thank you. Hi, Cherry. Well, look who's dropped by, my favorite strawberry. So tell us your COVID experience, good, bad, ugly, pretty, warts and all. It was all of those things. And if anybody said, what's your one word that captures 2020, 2021, the COVID time? It would be conundrum because I look at all the people in the world just saying, oh, but my job and the economy and look how far behind we are now and kids in school. And I get all of that and I feel that. But yet everything that I did was from the other perspective. Is it so bad to pause? Because if our world is so rat race that we can't all take a moment to do the right thing for our loved ones and our community, then what kind of a superpower society are we, right? By nature of the experiment of having a shutdown and businesses being closed, we will never know the magnitude that this could have been. And so all the people that are saying, oh, it's just like the flu, and yet here we are. Conundrums. My husband, Jeff, and I were sitting on an airplane going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And there were, out of the whole plane, two people, young couple about our age, have masks on. And Jeff and I were like, oh, God, those crazy people are wearing masks. He, he, he. Oh, they must have just gotten back from, like, China or Japan or something. Didn't think anything of it. So we go, we do, we eat, and about a week later, we both get sick. 
oh gosh, did we have COVID? Did we maybe give it to somebody that is now dying because of me? And we'll never know. And I think that prefaced every decision that I made because that was heavy to get other people sick. And then simultaneously, I don't want them to be getting me sick. I think that was a large piece of the puzzle people didn't get with masks. They didn't realize that they were... Helping you, (laughs) not themselves. And that was the frustrating part. So did you work then through COVID? Jeff did. My husband's first responder. He's a lifeguard. So they respond to all medical emergencies within three blocks of the beach. And we were fearful, but he was so good. I mean, he would get to work and take all his normal clothes off, put it in his trash bag, put it in his locker, and put on his uniform. A bathing suit and a tank top? Pretty much. Hot. Yeah. He was working like crazy. Were you worrying about him 24-7? I was because not all of his coworkers were on the same page. He responded to an emergency, and then the guy was laying, convulsing and foaming at the mouth. While this was happening, they had a crowd of about 50 people with not a mask in sight around him. And Jeff went in, and he, as mellow-mannered as he is, just yelled at the top of his voice, if you want me to help him, everybody needs to get back. So that was hard. But then I understand you volunteered at the vaccination clinics. I did. you want to tell us about that experience? Oh, gosh. Okay, yes. So I volunteered at Petco Park, and it was the one where the cars go through. So at any given moment, we would roll in 15 to 30 cars, and I was the entertainment, which I loved. And I was dancing, and I was singing and talking to them because we had to observe them for 15 minutes afterwards and make sure they didn't have any reactions. So I got to ask, what's the first thing you're going to do? And what's your year been like? And I met a 72-year-old that was supposed to walk the El Camino. And he was so crushed because he had really gotten himself in shape to do so. And so this was like a dream. Didn't deter him. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do it next year. And so I met people like that, you know. And if my real job could be half this rewarding, I would be winning at life. And there are, truth be known, pieces of my job that are that rewarding. It's the other that's not, which COVID exposed with a magnifying glass. And so that's another conundrum of mine. I'm still struggling with what to do with that knowledge. It felt really good to be relevant. It was so cool. So yeah, I volunteered several times at Petco Park and I got both my vaccines that way, which was awesome. Are they still doing the vaccination there or? COVID's over, didn't you get the memo? (laughs) COVID's done. Well, here in California, it seems it's over. Yeah, conundrums. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences today with me. I love you, and so good to see you. And now I'm going to hug you. Do it! (laughs) I love you, Cherry. Wow. Hi. Hi. And I'm speaking with Jason and his girlfriend, Karen. Did you want to share any thoughts on COVID? It's been very hard, but I felt very lucky because my parents were trapped for months in Peru when our American borders were closed. If they were to be sick, they would have fewer services available to them. We don't have the best health system, but we really do. So it was very worrisome. Talk about how you got them out. Basically, there was like rumors about Americans being flown back on a Facebook page. And I called my sisters and said, what are we going to do? This is going to cost thousands and thousands of dollars, and we could lose that much money. So they were like, oh, whatever it takes, let's just do it. Military escort. And my parents who are in their 70s are sitting on their suitcases on the tarmac at 2 o'clock in the morning. No food, no water, no restrooms. 
so, on a military base. So Delta, and then Delta thank flew you, Delta, into that military flew base. Flew their planes into our military base out of Lima, Peru, and they all got on. And when they came, we just cried. We had so many signs and balloons, and it was wonderful. After my parents came home, I was like, okay, pandemic, we can handle. And Jason, thoughts? Personally, I think coming out of this, Cameron and I couldn't be more together. She's my person. I'm her person. And for me, work was probably the toughest part. I'm a salesman. Being a sales guy, if you do a presentation on Zoom, and you're looking at a bunch of names, because nobody puts themselves on camera, right? There's no reading a room. Eye contact where you can, like, you, you yeah. look like you have a question. Or even disagreements with what I'm saying, which is actually an opportunity. How can I clear this up for you? Obviously, coming out of it, I couldn't be happier to meet people in person who knew I would look forward to working. So my best friend in the world, my husband. Husband. I've never heard of the term. <laughs> yes. He has two amazing restaurants, both of them phenomenal. It's the first thing that went away. Brutal, seeing everything get destroyed. He had to shut down. He had to fire everybody. I mean, the man, small business owner, as a kid, he came over from Iran. It's kind of the American dream. So to watch him go through that entire process was another part of the angst. It's been very hard for a lot of our friends who are very small business owners. Were they able to access any of the funds that the government was loaning out? As I talked about before, my husband, he is the recipient of the small business loan. They call it a loan even though he doesn't have to repay it as long as everything is restaurant oriented. It means that he will stay in business for the next year. The toughest part for him is finding employees because they're literally going to make more if they stay home. It's not a left or right issue. It's not. I think what's been very encouraging is discussions around people who are landlords who have had some back pay, people who have an investment property and someone's renting it and they can't afford to pay the rent. And you're like, oh, am I going to throw out this family? But also I have a mortgage and that challenge. So I think that might be changing in a more positive way this summer. Yeah, at least in California, it's not a federal thing. It's just so freaking weird how everything turned political. If you didn't wear a mask, you were standing up because you were an American, and it was like, what? You're taking something that's science and trying to make it a belief. Being in a science industry, I knew that wearing a mask would be important part of ruling out the variable because initially we weren't sure if it was surface contact or aerial contact. And for me, if we're going to talk about polarization, we're really addressing Republican versus Democrat. This issue should have been neither. It should have been a scientific, American-forward process. For the strength of our nation. Yeah. Instead, we retreated to left and right camps. And I felt that was a big miss. So going forward, as Americans, we need to help the public who don't understand the vaccination piece, that it's something that is very important, not just for yourself, but for the people you come into contact with. You want to be safe. You want to keep your family safe. Vaccines are the route. And then what about the world? I feel it's our job to help countries lacking in vaccine access. If you're not vaccinated around the world, then the pandemic could be potentially still at our bedside next year because there's variants. As a nation that's very powerful, I'm hopeful 
that we are providing the support that we can without compromising the health and demand of our residents. But if we have vaccines or access to buy vaccines, it is our responsibility to help other countries. Yeah. Well, thank you both for sharing. Uh, big love and hug to you. I'm going to do that after I turn this off. Okay, <laughs> do you as well. I'm here talking to Slobber Monkey. This past year and a half, COVID-19, what were your thoughts, feelings, frustrations? That's a lot in one question. At first, I didn't give a hoot because I thought people were overdoing it. Boy, was I wrong. When my niece got pulled out of school is when I realized, wait a second, something's going on here that I've been blowing off. It was a big paradigm shift that happened. Everything's shutting down. Like, planes aren't flying. Nobody's doing anything. So I have feelings of fear. Not fear of the bug, necessarily. It's fear of the unknown. What's going to happen? My business, I started to stress about that. We were building everything we got orders for, but there were no new orders. There was nothing coming. Did you have to lay off workers? Yes, that was a bummer. So our business was doing wonderfully, and then it was time for me to hire someone new. So I did. And... It was about a week before COVID really hit hard, you know, the toilet paper crazies. And my partners and I had a meeting and said, can we afford this person? And I had to call them and say, hey, I'm sorry, there's no job for you here. It gravely affected me. I was messing around with someone else's life and livelihood. And it hasn't come back enough for me to justify hiring someone yet. But things are looking good for maybe next summer. So the positives in COVID, I got a lot of stuff done. Creative projects for my work. I built some programs that transformed the way I do business. And in my personal life, I'm in better condition than I am now physically than I was one year ago. You do. You look really healthy and really glowing. <laughs> oh, good. I feel good. I think my relationship with my wife is stronger. I work from home 50% of the time anyway, but now it was 100% of the time. You know, what's it going to do to our relationship? It reinforced it. It was better. It was strong. Pretty cool. Are you excited to get back out on the road and travel the world like you used to do? So we live one month out of the year outside the United States, and we missed it. So we've booked our makeup trip, we'll call it, and we're going to the Azores for a month. Have a wonderful time. Yeah. <laughs> Create a beautiful day. You too. Now let's welcome Michelle, also one of our burners in the forest. And we're not doing any burning here. Correct. Michelle, what was your experience like with COVID-19? I wish I could have said it was that massive growth experience that a lot of people report. For me, it was a combination of all kinds of things on top of things that just led to a really, really massively tough year. Moved into a new house on March 1st, <laughs> started a new job on March 10th, moved in with a fiance and a 14-year-old, and then COVID lockdown. It was tough, especially because a family member almost died in May, which required me to fly back to the East Coast. Were you scared to fly so early in COVID? Yeah, I had two layers of masks and gloves on. You know, we were hearing all kinds of things, like you could get it through your eyeballs. So I had glasses. Everybody was just afraid. And I just remember thinking, this is really painful to be on a plane with all this stuff on. And then I thought, but there's the healthcare workers who are wearing this for 12-hour shifts. So just try to breathe. I wanted to do yoga and exercise, but I never did it. All that stress, and I just couldn't release it. And then there was that kind of no man's land in the middle, which lots of people just said, oh, we're going to start to come back to normal and see each other in small groups, outdoors. But then you, it wasn't legal to go to the beach or, like, you can't even be in nature. That shocked me. That was one of the like, turning points. 
So, so for people who don't know, what happened in California during yeah. lockdown? So the beaches closed, but people who surf, it's in their blood. They have to be in the water. And so somewhere in San Diego, a surfer was out and they came to arrest him and he left the surfboard, just took off running and just became like a viral video because everyone's like, no, you shouldn't do arrest someone for being in the water. Like there's nobody else there who could he infect. Right. What are you looking forward to most now that it seems to be ending? Definitely my friend gatherings, seeing everyone communally enjoying each other and hugging. Mm-hmm. To me, that was really hard to miss because I'm a great hugger. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> so. Well, I love you, and I'm so happy to share this space with you. I love you, too. It's so nice to be here. It's just fresh air, pine trees, smiles, and yeah. love. We've rounded up another burner in the forest. Sherry, can you share with me your COVID experience this past year and a half? Yeah. So I was a yoga teacher. All of the studios shut down, and all these different people, different shapes, sizes, ethnicities, come to yoga, not just a physical exercise, it's a mental exercise. So how do you balance between protecting your physical health? Am I gonna catch this virus that could scar my lungs? I could be on oxygen the rest of my life. I could be a part of transferring this to other people and killing other people. Or what about also my mental health? So you had people losing their connections and connections to their own self. One way to give back to my community at that time was to offer free yoga classes for people twice a week on Zoom. As a healer, you did the Zoom class. Did that feel like it was enough for you? It felt great to do it because I feel like in yoga, an aspect to it, especially for new people to yoga, is their ego. They want to do the posture right, and they'll put themselves in unsafe positions to look good. So... I told people, shut off your video. Tons of people shut off their video. There's so many people that hate their body. And you are not your body. You live in your body. So treating it with respect and giving it nutrition and sleep and exercise and human connections. I think part of life is feeling all of the emotions. But if you could sit with all of the heaviness, I think there was possibilities for huge amounts of growth. So as we come back through... I hope there was like little COVID lessons that maybe people could take away and incorporate more balance into their life and feel more grounded and centered and have more conscious responses and connect to your best self. Um, I want the audience to know at Burning Man, Sherry is the person if you need anything. You're very giving and healing and actually orchestrated this whole weekend. Um, Something that I think you know, but a lot of us really missed and needed. I really appreciate you doing this um, for my own sanity and um, reminding me of the joy of life, that it's so important to get out in nature and be with friends and share your experiences. It is. I think it's like a relief when you can just show up as you are. Like, how do I create play in my day? and? It's a discipline to do that, but we have to remember the aspects of where am I inviting wonder and just notice life. It was a really heavy year and it's nice to see people connecting and joy and families and laughter and uh, I have a lot of hope. Thank you for participating in this. Thank you very much. I love you.
are waiting here for our individual flights to leave San Diego Airport, and it's been quite an epic weekend with Burners in the Forest. Now we have Ra-Ra, who was our co-host on episode 15, the Burning Man edition. Hello, Ra-Ra. Hello. It is crazy crowded, and flights are being detained and canceled. What are your thoughts on this? I love to travel. I've been to 74 countries and all 50 states, but the airports aren't prepared. They just don't have enough staff, and people are already getting antsy and forgetting how lucky we are to travel. At the beginning of COVID, you were living in Washington, D.C., doing tours. Then you moved to Florida? Correct. Little did I know that tourism was going to come to an absolute halt and I would be unemployed for the foreseeable future. But in some ways, there were some positive silver linings. One, I had started working on my master's. And so when it hit and I didn't want to pay rent in Washington, D.C., I decided to spend the pandemic with my parents in Florida and get my master's. And so I did. I finished in December. So you living in Florida throughout this whole experience, please fill us in. To be blunt, Florida didn't even realize there was a pandemic. There were many people who ignored it the entire time, and the governor has gotten some praise and some conflict about how he handled it. Things were not closed at all. My niece was never not in school. She was a sophomore, and they did have to wear masks, and a lot of school activities were modified. But overall, I would say things were pretty normal in Florida. Were there many casualties or infection rate for Florida? Funny you should bring that up. That's a bit of a controversy. Some people say Florida is not reporting its numbers accurately, but overall it looks like maybe it was equal to some of the other states, but uh, I think that's to be determined. Do you know people that had contracted COVID or passed away from it? Absolutely. One of my friend's brother, young, 42, very healthy, came back from traveling to Cuba and Mexico January 2020, and no one really knew what was wrong. And they put him on oxygen, and his lungs just kept getting worse and eventually collapsed. And so he died in February of 2020. Um, my dad's wife, Rosie, unfortunately, there was a funeral on that side, and the whole family gathered in closer quarters. And they spread COVID among themselves and Rosie got really, really ill. And two of the doctors said we didn't think she was gonna make it. And so we're really lucky that she didn't take a turn for the worse. So then how did you prevent yourself from getting COVID? I went to the outdoor ceremony on the beach. I think I've been extremely lucky through all of this. I also worked in the interactive parks for the Super Bowl event. They had the Super Bowl rings, they had jerseys, they had an exhibit on anti-racism in the NFL, which was nice. They were allowing about 30,000 people among the three parks. Masks were required and you were supposed to stay six feet away, but still, was it a spreader? Probably. And is it starting to come back for you, tours-wise? I just did two tours in New York, and people were welcoming us, and so that was really, really fun. And when were you there? Over at Memorial Day, and I couldn't believe how much we got done. We walked through Central Park, we walked down Fifth Avenue, we went to Grand Central Station, we went down to 9-11, that area, and that was pretty much all before lunch. So it was great, but I couldn't believe, like, where are all the people? Now I think things are getting back to normal, and I want it to in some respects, but in others, I completely don't. 
all the national parks are suffering and turning people away. And to me, the greatest thing about America is our national parks. When you think about how gorgeous they are and how their beauty is amplified by lack of visitors. The flowers are blooming, the trees are breathing better, the animals have come back, and now we're going to inundate with all the cars again. And I hope that we come up with better ways to revolutionize the way we tour places. But I feel especially lucky this weekend after spending time with my favorite, favorite friends. I just feel the warmth and the love that is out there and humans can be wonderful and I hope we all embrace that and all come together and be healthier and happier. How do you top that? So thank you so much, Rara, for sharing your thoughts on COVID with us and I wish you well and health and adventure in the future. Thank you. All right, well, there's my flight. Gotta go. <laughs> I love you, Cherry. Love you, Rara. Bye. Myself in the world of dying. I wonder why I feel so long. We burn here. listening to Peace, Love, and Soup. Audio nourishment for the heart and mind. With Brian Delaney. And Tave Fashe Drake. And finally, we'd like to leave you with this quote. We are made wise not by the recollection of our past, but by the responsibility for our future. George Bernard Shaw. Thanks again to Brazilian artist Johnny Franco for providing all of the amazing music you just heard. Subscribe to him on YouTube and follow him on Instagram at Johnny the Franco. Still hungry for more? Join us next time for Peace, Love, and Soup in the time of COVID. Batch 2 acclamation. And if you just can't wait, we are open 24 hours a day at peaceloveandsoup.com. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at peaceloveandsoup. Oh, give me your hand.